0: Welcome back, guys. Uh, going to gonna get right into it here with um, today's podcast. I'm going to do it based on a question that I got. Um, it was an Instagram DM. Uh, guy's name is Ralph. Ralph says, good morning. I've been watching your videos for the last two years, implementing your training techniques into mine. I started on Freddie King's techniques. I'm not sure who Freddie King is. Um, but he said, I started with Freddie King's techniques, but I feel... Like, it got to a point where he gets more aggressive on the dogs, and it's too much for a dog like mine that is very timid. Ever since I found your channel, I've been using your methods. Anyways, she's she'll be four in January. She's been a good dog, a good hunter, with lots of drive. However, she had puppies on November 7th of 2021. Ever since then, her drive has started to die out. She'll go out in retrieves, but she's extremely slow, and some birds she won't even want to pick up. How can I build her drive back up to where it once was? Then he posted a video of her making a retrieve um, on a spread of, on a duck in a spread of decoys. Um, she's slow. You know, she's she's got she's got a, a slow pace on her way back. And then he comments and he says, This is the last this is last Sunday. I can tell how she holds the bird and her lack of energy in the retrieve that it's no longer she's no longer into it. So specifically Ralph, I think it's hard to answer this question, I, I, in a real specific way, but I think it is, and I think it can bring some value to you, and probably, and that's why I kind of picked it as a um, podcast episode too, is because I think it can be um, relatable probably to other people. So in here, and and again, it's not going to be a specific answer to yours. Now this, I'll I'll hit the specifics right away, like having a litter of puppies. Yeah, that might change some dogs. Um, there's a lot that goes on there, um, as far as like the science part of it. Obviously, uh, hormonally, um, there's just there's all sorts of body changes that take place. There's um, now have I seen dramatic? We we've bred dogs, um, and have I seen dramatic differences in field performance afterwards? Typically, not. Um, now I think there are some exceptions to that. Like there are th- and there are things that you can do, some of those things are physical like shape. like I, I looked at the video of your dog and I, it's hard to say she's got a neoprene vest on. Um, she's coming in and she's in the water up to her, her her midsection anyway so it's really hard for me to tell but physically, I can tell you right now so um, a, a perfect example it's really fresh is Bella. Bella is a really nice dog like. As I look back over the years, she's maybe one of the nicer dogs, one of my personal favorites. Um, She just, she offered a lot of really good things. Um, So she went to her owner. uh, I want to say it was probably two, two, coming up on two years now um, ago. And she, I recently picked her up and, and and this isn't, I don't want this to sound bad, but dog was out of shape. Doggy is out of shape. Um, and so I, I'm frustrated by that. I, you know, I look at it, but it's not terrible and, but it, but she's out of shape, 65 pounds. She should be about 50 to 55 pounds. I, I, I'm think of the numbers on that. That's 25, 30% overweight. Like that's, so she doesn't look horrible. She doesn't look great. But the problem is, came in when I went to work with her. Like, I literally could get two retrieves out of her that were of any distance, and it was hard on her physically. It was just hard on her. And so my buddy Brad owns her. And if Brad's li- I don't know if Brad listens to our podcast or not, but if he is listening, he's probably laughing right now. I hope he's laughing um, because I gave him a lot of grief. He's probably in the best shape of any human being that I know. Um, he lives a healthy lifestyle, like, and he let, he let his dog get out of shape. And so it's really hard for me to work her effectively right now because of it. Like it, it, I, it and what I think part of the issue is, is the physical part of it creates issues and the mental part for her. She's exhausted. She's gassed. She's out of shape. She's gasping. She's, and all of a sudden now I'm going to ask her to do something athletic, Uh, for example, you know, send her on a, send her on a long blind, send her on a short blind. I don't care what it is. Something simple, send her on a memory, send her on a mark. It doesn't matter what it is. But then I'm going to ask you to change directions, uh, leave the dummy that I originally sent you for and go take a secondary dummy that I, that I put out as a distraction, um, at times for you. But now I want you to actually go get it. So now I'm making this dog start to think about things. I like dogs to have the ability to make decisions based on what I'm saying or asking them to do. So, like, I like thinkers. I want dogs to think. You can't think if you can't breathe. And it became really clear that by being out of shape, her performance. Now, the other part of it may be that, you know, she's just dull. Like, she hasn't been with me for a couple years. I know Brad works with her, but Brad probably could work her better than I could, because Brad would take her through the routine that they typically do. And it's probably a bit of a rut. I get into it as well. Um, My dogs, we do things for a reason because it's uh, logical and makes sense to set things up. And it's efficient from a time standpoint. All these factors play into it. So I end up doing stuff repeatedly with dogs. Sometimes it's intentional because I think the repetition is what we're going to use to create habits. But at times it becomes you have to change things up. You have to mix things up or dogs get to be good at one thing, but it's a memorization thing. It's not necessarily asking them to take action on, on the spot. That's why hunting them is so important. That's Hunting them really exposes some of the weaknesses, uh, potential weaknesses. So then you go back and you try to fix that in training. Now, I'm getting a little bit off track with this, but the rea- the point of it is is by being physically out of shape, it makes it hard to be mentally in shape. And if you're not mentally in shape and you're not physically in shape and you're asking dogs to do things, good luck. So I don't know exactly what kind of shape this dog is in. I think what's interesting about your beginning of this, and like I said, I, I'm not, I, I certainly am not saying anything negative about another trainer because I don't even know who he is. But there is something to be said about matching the approach Of training to the dog and to matching the hunt to the dog and like it's all these style things and when all these style things align you get the best results so it sounds like you based on what you're telling me is you got a bit of a soft dog in the first place so is it is that part of it it could be if that's part of it how are you responding to the lack of energy how are you responding to the lack of drive are you coming down on her about it are you are you creating like um some negative pressure about it because that will really quickly shut down a a dog that is a little bit on the softer side anyway Uh, how how are you countering it because i think sometimes for me sometimes for me with certain dogs some are just some just take pressure a little bit better than others and that's that comes back to genetics and that that comes back to this idea of what your question is um At the very end, it says, how can I build her drive back up where it once was? Well, the question I often have is about people talking about drive, especially early on with dogs, is we talk about building drive in dogs. I think there should be a universal glossary out there that has terms and terminology so that we can all speak the same language. Because I'm going to be talking about another thing um, on another podcast episode that I talked about that I'm going to talk about that I've been kind of lining up is the definition of things. So drive for some people means different things, I think. And so for me, drive is, you know, how, how willing are they to do stuff? How much do they want to do things? How built up inside of them is it? Inside of them, that's the key. And that goes back to like their personalities. Now, The dog with the most drive to me is not necessarily the most appealing because sometimes you can have more drive than you know what to do with and then it creates issues and then it creates a need for things that aren't my preferred style of training. So careful what you wish for is kind of the thing I'm thinking here. But it goes back to genetics and if you look at the dog and I I don't know the dog, she's four years old right now, I don't know what she was like as a puppy, I don't know what she was like as a year, two, three, four years old. But the to me, it's a balancing act. It's not about building drive. It's figuring out how to get a dog to want to do what, it's, what you want it to do. So I look at it and I go, the idea of, do you need more drive? Or do you just need your dog to come out of whatever it is shell-wise that it's in to kind of break that funk? And quite honestly, I, I think about myself getting in better shape gives me energy um, it makes me feel more motivated it makes me feel more capable and so i'm going back to like a physical thing that you can do i think you can get dogs i i see dogs i see some dogs that probably in my opinion are have too much drive like they for me i'm not saying it's for everybody but for me personally there can be too much and so I see some like that, and I can see symptoms of it that I don't like. And then I look and I see some of these dogs that are in incredible shape, like total athletes. A lot of dogs that are competing are in just incredible shape. They're muscular, they're toned, they're they're lean, mean fighting machines. And when you combine that with what I call drive that is exceeding what I like in mine, which again goes back to preference and it goes back to genetics and it goes back to why I love Bella so much. I love so much about her, but even with her, how much I love the the makeup, if she gets out of shape, she's not performing the way I want her to. So if you can get that type of dog in good shape, all of a sudden the balance is there, I think. And not only physically, but now it becomes a mental thing. So if you get these dogs that have this this real desire to go 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 just hard hard charging, big big and big motor type dogs, and then you put them in peak physical condition for me, a lot of that is um, more than what I want. It it doesn't allow that dog to fit in to the lifestyle and the hunting style that I that I do. So I think it comes back to matching. Now, I think, Ralph, I think some people would watch the video of your dog taking her time. And now she, you know, if it creates an issue where she's not holding well, like she's dropping birds because she just is so lazy and so not into it. And so then I say, figure out how to make it exciting again. And that comes back to us as trainers. That comes back to us being creative on figuring out how to bring things out of dogs. We, 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 can knock the hell out of them and and beat them down real easily. We can also pick them up real easily. And I think sometimes it's, it's, all the time, it's not the idea of beat the hell out of them and have them cowering in fear. And it's not having to be a pep rally for them to wake up in the morning. Like, I think it's got to be somewhere in the middle. And that comes, most dogs, I think, are wired or programmed or genetically capable of that. It's now that's where our influence comes in. So, Ralph, you may need to figure out a way to get things a little more exciting for your dog to want to, to do it. That, I can't tell you, do this, this, and this. Like, that's not a one, two, three step thing. That's a figure out how to read your dog. That's to figure out how to interact with your dog. That's to figure out what its personality is and what it needs and how it responds to things. And when it responds to them, what do you do to make the next change or adjustment? Like it's micro adjustments all the time instead of dramatic changes. That's, That's what I'm really after when I'm raising these dogs. And so you may need to get them a little, figure out how to get creative and get a little more excited about what we're doing. Combine that with getting the dog into a little bit better physical shape And now all of a sudden that problem might just not be such a problem anymore. And it might be, you may never have the dog that's going to win the dock jumping contest. You may never have the dog that you're going to be able to send on incredibly challenging retrieves for field trials or hunt test type situations. But I doubt that's what you're after right now. And because that's not what you're after, I don't know that you should need to be worried about that either. So I think there's so many people, Ralph, that are probably in the opposite boat that have these dogs that they literally are having a hard time getting them to focus and perform because they're on the other end of the spectrum. I'd rather be on your side of it because I think it's easier to fix. I think it's really more challenging to fix the dog that is so high drive and such a big engine in them that you have to figure out ways to put governors on that, on that motor. I, and I, I just think that, again, it goes back to personal preference. And I can only speak for mine. So I hope that helps, Ralph. I hope that helps other people that are listening. Um, there are several questions that I've found here, and um, I'm digging into some of them trying to get caught back up, which I'm just not, not, not doing. Um, there's just so many of them, but working on it but there's, I'm trying to lump some of them together because, um, and some of them is going to be, some of them we've done so much stuff on hold and I'm really, this is another thing that's kind of come up. It continues to come up. So I've got a few ideas on that. So that's something I'm going to be working on for you guys. Um, in the meantime, I hope this helps you guys. I hope you were coming up on holiday season. I, I had intentions to do kind of a holiday podcast and, schedules have been challenging and, and I'm doing my best right now but instead of doing that I think I'm gonna do it a little bit different um, there are some items that this last hunting season I'm I'm pretty jo- pretty jacked up about I was pretty happy with I, I used some stuff for the first time this year and so I want to share that with you um, I, I I find value in stuff like that so um, there's a few things that stand out to me over the last four or five, six months that that I want to share with. Um, that's going to be coming. It was, it's just not going to be like a Christmas type thing, but I'll uh, get that done and get it, get it um, to Ben and hopefully he can get it posted, posted or made live as soon as possible. But thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. I appreciate it. Um, I'll continue to try to keep up with these a little bit better, but Ralph, I'm going to send you a message and I hope this helps with you and anyone else who's kind of in that same boat. So good luck to you guys, and thank you for that support.